You're listening to LifeWave with Anna Isabel. My next guest is Wanda Seller. Wanda was president of the Astrological Lodge of London for six years. She's the editor of the Astrological Association's Astrology and Medicine Newsletter. Wanda has also written books on aromatherapy and medical astrology. Her latest book is an introduction to the Cumberture. Wanda Seller, welcome. Good morning. First of all, Wanda, what is a decumbiture? Well, it is um, a form of medical astrology which comes from the Latin decumbere, which means to lie down. But what it really means is a disruption of the life force. So any incident which can look as if uh, the person has suddenly fell ill. I mean, for a long time, people thought it was when a person took to their bed and, and you took the time for that moment well as it's quite an old form of astrology i don't suppose most people were wearing watches you know so they wouldn't know what time they went to bed but it could be anything it could be just feeling ill it could be falling down and feeling dizzy or having an accident or visiting a doctor um wanting to know the a possible outcome so so the underlying description is disruption of the life force or some kind of incident which interferes with health. So would it be true to say that it's a bit like doing an event chart and a bit like doing an horary chart? So it's something like a cross between the two? Absolutely right, yes. There are certain rules. Obviously, it's not a case of like painting by numbers and you get a beautiful picture and everything's right. You still have to work out the chart. You still have to judge the chart. But but you are right. It, it is like a cross between the two. And so are we saying then that this is a chart for the illness? I suppose it is, yes. It, it is a chart for whatever the person is feeling in terms of illness. And it will show whether it's a really threatening illness and that the person has to fight hard to overcome it or whether the person has a great deal of strength and it won't last too long. So one of the questions that often comes up with just sort of basic astrology from students is what is the difference between the first and the sixth houses? And I guess in this chart that becomes an even more pertinent question. Yes, it does. It's paramount, really, to look at the first and sixth houses because you have to work out which is the stronger. If the first house is stronger, then the person's basic constitution or constitution at that moment is much stronger than the illness. And the way of working out strength is usually by looking at the planetary rulers of the first house and the sixth house and to see whether they are in their respective positions of strength. Sometimes, of course, they're as strong as each other or as weak as each other. In other words, you can't tell the difference in the strength. Uh, So sometimes a person feels strong, other times illness is stronger. So there's lots of different permutations. One of the things that, again, even in basic astrology, can really confuse students is the contradictory messages that come from one chart and the Cumberture charts are no exception. They can be full of contradictions. So how do you deal with those? 
You're right there as well. <laughs> Any child is full of contradiction, but aren't we as human beings also full of contradictions? And the chart mirrors the human condition. And uh, that's why uh, astrology does help us in its rules by, by giving us a, um, a way to work out the strengths and weakness of a chart. Um, so you do have to work things out. It becomes quite, I suppose, clinical in the way that you work out the strengths and weaknesses. And then you see whether the chart has more strength or more weakness. For instance, in Cumbertry, you would look at the sun, moon, and rule of the ascendant and see how strong they were. Or if, for instance, they weren't very strong, but you had Venus and Jupiter in a strong position, then that could help. Bit convoluted my answer, but I, does it make sense, or would you like? No, to no, it through? makes sense, and the convolution is the very issue that we're dealing with. Mm. Is that you can get what appears to be contradictory messages, but that may in itself represent the state of the illness. And sometimes, when we are ill, we get conflicting messages from different doctors as well. Yes, that's an interesting point. So let's get back to the actual rules of mm -hmm. a decumbature chart. So we're looking primarily at the ascendant, the ascendant ruler, the sun and the moon. And then we're also looking at the ruler of the sixth house as being a significator for the illness itself. Yes. Why is it that the sun and moon are so relevant here? Well, the sun is the, the basis of life. It rules the cell, it rules the heart, it rules, to some extent, prana, the life-giving energy, just like our solar system. Without the sun, we're history. <laughs> you know, we we revolve around the sun, so the sun is crucial. Uh, as Culpepper would say, you know, keep the sun on its wheels. It It is very important. If it's weak in an otherwise quite strong decumbative chart, then the person may get well slowly. And uh, the moon, the moon rules the functions of the body, how we actually go about our daily lives. As you know, it rules the, you know, the habits of the person. And it's also a marker of what is likely to happen because it's the fastest moving body, fastest moving planet, should I say. Um, and uh, what its next aspect or previous aspect are uh, describe what has happened and what it is likely to happen with an illness. And uh, I've looked at a chart recently, it's a very old chart, it's a historical chart where the person saw the moon going into a nice trine to a planet thinking it would was going to work out well. But you have to see where the, where the moon comes from, which planet it comes from. A form of translation, it's when the moon is separating from one planet and applying to another. And if the planet that the moon is separating from is a difficult planet like, like Saturn or even the outer planets, um, or it's, or Mars, or it's, it's separating from a difficult aspect, or maybe a good planet but in a difficult house like the fourth or the eighth or the twelfth because they're they're called um the term it's a terminal triangle it's the end of things then it can take that sort of difficult energy to the next planet yes 
So it's it's carrying a a message, if you like, yes, that that's is right. not such a a positive one. Yes, that that's right. Which you know doesn't necessarily mean uh, it's fatal at all, but it means it, it's it's something to reckon with, you know, something to fight. And of course, uh, even um, you know the difficulties. If you're aware of them, at least you can work on them, so to speak. You know, take the right tablets, herbs, exercise, or whatever needs to be, uh, you know, done to help. So, the let's look at this as a a stage then in which there are all the different players. So we have the sun, the moon, and the ascendant, who are the person. Mm-hmm. who is ill. We have the sixth house representing the illness. Yes. Where is the physician? Where is the doctor in this? The seventh house. And then the remedy is in? The tenth house. The tenth house. Okay. In, in a sense, in a sense, um, the tenth house ruler has to be uh, strong. So if it's in detriment or fall or retrograde or has terrible aspects to it or placed in a difficult house, depending how weak it is, um, then then you may not um, use that remedy, uh, which kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Um, sometimes the, the actual remedy can make you worse, and we know that in everyday life, you know, that, that people may be given the wrong medicine as such. Uh, so when you see it astrologically, then um, it's best not to go by that remedy. So you may think, well, what's left? What do you do? And uh, there you have to begin to maybe use your own judgment. Sometimes when I worked as an aromatherapist, I, I, I was dealing with uh, essential oils, of course, which are based on herbs. So I might actually look obviously at the case history, at the chart itself and and look at the strongest planets, say it was Venus for instance was the strongest planet, uh, then I might choose herbs of Venus. So it's you, you have to begin to use your own uh, judgment um, in, in that case. So you can't always just go by the 10th house ruler. I mean, the 10th house ruler may be weak, but maybe there's another planet in the 10th house that is strong. So you would have to sort of weigh up what that represented. Yeah. And naturally, if you're not a herbalist or aromatherapist, then or have some other holistic therapy or, or, or medical expertise, then it wouldn't really be a good idea to, to start being a healer in that way, but it could still be used as a horary, as you say. So, in your mind, given that most of us are not doctors, what do you feel is the benefit of looking or creating a decumbiture chart? Well, it um, does give some information to, to help the person, the individual, the patient, um, to move in a direction that could be helpful. Like, for instance, uh, I had a client the other day, and I, I, it just in my capacity as an astrologer, 
and not a holistic therapist, who had been having lots of different symptoms for a long time and no doctor could really put their finger on it. So I just set up a chart for the moment we met, which is a consultation chart, but because I was going to look at it from a medical point of view, it became a decumbature. And incidentally, uh, in the past, the time a person took their urine to the doctor, that, that was often deemed a decumbature as well. And the time they met, as with this lady, coming back to this lady, and I immediately saw from the chart, um, with lots of planets uh, uh, in in Libra and, and uh, Venus and, and the seventh house, I said, well, get them to look at your kidneys and Neptune was there and the lymphatic system. So I was able to point her to, I point the area. I could never, I'm not a doctor, so I could never name the disease. But I just said, you know, they're the areas to look at. And uh, she went to the doctor. They had tests there and they found that there was lymph. Um, it was a lymph and kidney situation. So you could you can point the person to, let's say, a, more, a medical doctor. And obviously, that's the med- uh, I, it's up to the client whether they want to tell the medical doctor why. Uh, they, not every doctor is sympathetic to astrology, obviously. Yes, indeed. And besides the actual medical side of things, it also gives you an insight, perhaps, into the emotional state. Oh, well person. done. Yes, that is that is true. That is true. I, I, I mean, I, I, I haven't gone too far into that in my um, book on decumbature. I went into the first book in astrology, the consultation chart, which was uh, very much based on the moment that the client meets with the astrologer and, and that deals more with the emotional side of things but uh, I think um, that would probably be a really good idea uh, that, that the, the looking at the emotional underlay especially if, if the astrologer is not a doctor and not qualified in any other therapy but, but looking at the emotional underlay to to what's happening maybe medically. Yes. Well, if you'd like to learn more about the decumbature charts, and it is a fascinating area of study, um, the book is called An Introduction to Decumbature, and my guest is Wanda Seller, and as always, there will be links on our webpage. Wanda, thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you for having me.